Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, May 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. For more than a year, interviews on this podcast occurred via a Zoom call or over a phone. The rare exceptions were when we talked to a fellow star reporter or columnist sitting at least six feet apart. Today's podcast returns to the in-person interview, and I couldn't be more delighted. Missouri held its annual Tiger Takeover on Tuesday evening in Kansas City at Chicken and Pickle. Uh, That's up in North Kansas City. That's where coaches and administrators came to town to mingle with fans and get interviewed by the local media. Of course, events like this haven't happened since the pandemic shut down sports and shut in fans. Conversations, at least for the media, occurred only as on Zoom calls, as, as we said. So this felt great, and I hope it sounds okay. I, I think it will. You'll hear from Mizzou football coach Eli Drinkwitz, basketball coach Conzo Martin, and athletic director Jim Sturk. We spoke to each of them for a few minutes on various topics. You'll hear from Drink from Drinkwitz. You'll hear about some of the coaching staff moves that's that have occurred over the last couple of months. Martin talks about moving on from a team that was shaped around Jeremiah Tillman and Drew Smith. And Stirk speaks to the issues in college football that he's had to consider that didn't exist a few years ago. Also, we asked about such things as vaccinations and name, image, and likeness. There were two others asking questions besides me. You'll hear star columnist Vahe Gregorian, and you'll also hear Dennis Stodd, the national college football writer for CBS Sports who lives in town. It's always great to catch up with Dennis. And there'll be plenty of background noise um, as once or twice a server at Chicken Pickle sees if we need anything to drink. So all good. Actually, it was all great. Chatting with the coaches and administrators outdoors, standing there with our you know, recording devices in hand. So let's get started. First, you'll hear from Eli Drinkwitz, and then after a break, Conzo Martin, and then Jim Sterk. How much more is on your plate as a coach, just with everything? COVID, NIL, one-time transfer. Is the average coach not an average coach? Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think college football has ever been harder to manage a roster, um, manage player development. Um, I mean, you're talking about things that are outside of our control as far as transfer portal and, and COVID, but social media, nobody's ever had to deal with the social media phenomenon and, and recruiting it the way it is. And so it's a handful, but you know what? That's what they pay us for, right. you know, that's, and that's that's the job. Yeah. So it's still the greatest job on earth. So. I want to ask you about having two former NFL head coaches on your staff. I can't imagine yeah. there's another staff that, that kind of... Uh... There's one, Alabama, <laughs> that's it. They've had five. They've got two. They got two. We got two. Not that I know that. We talked to you about Steve Wilkes, but I don't think we talked about Scott. Yeah. What, what is, uh, tell me, what's his position going to be? Yeah, so he's an offensive consultant. Uh, does, you know, he, he he's really, um, 
you know, yesterday him and I spent about three hours just watching red zone offense and, and uh, you know, working on how, how we can improve in the red zone, what are some ideas. You know, he spent quite a bit of time with Coach Hamden walk, watching third downs and, and really learning what we do and how can we make it better. And, uh, you know, giving me ideas and strategies of how we can really uh, take Connor Bazelak's game to the next level and how we can improve Tyler Macon. And, and uh, you know, there's very specific rules about things that he can't do, but when you, you're a consultant, he can, he can give us ideas and then we take it to the media room. And so, you know, anytime you can get a guy who's got that many years of quarterback development, um, he's coached college football, NFL football, he's been a head coach. You know, there's just times where you can bounce stuff off of him. He's given me ideas about how to practice more efficiently, uh, player development. It's just been really good. And then, and then you combine that with Steve Wilkes, a guy who's been a head coach, a defensive coordinator. Um, it's just been, for me, it's uh, – it's a little bit easier to lay your head on the pillow at night knowing that you're covered scheme-wise on both sides of the ball. How far can those guys go? They can't recruit. Can they, be at, they cannot be on the field. Yeah, they can be on the field in pra- at practice and take notes. But, and they can be in there and watch film with us. Um, but they can't have direct instruction. Well, consultants can't have direct instruction. Steve's obviously our defense coordinator, so he has direct instruction. But can't have any direct instruction. How is a consultant different from the analyst? It's just a sexier name. <laughs> That's yeah. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and how about while we're on the staff, just on Marcus's elevation to uh-huh. assistant head coach? You know, I think it's important to, to allow people to grow and develop into the roles that they want to be. And obviously one of Marcus's dreams is to become a head coach. And and for me, I need somebody who can step in and handle things when I'm not around and, and have a voice and a say in the football team. And I thought his position last year uh, performed at a really high level and wanted to do something to, to tell him thank you uh, for being here and thank you for coaching and, and uh, it was a way to promote him and help him grow and give him additional responsibilities and try to take some stuff off my plate. How much do you think it's, you, you wouldn't have probably drawn up the last year to be the year of making this transition the last 14 months. On the other hand though, I'm, I'm sure it accelerated some things and even you as a coach, I, you look back at it as a year of what? Um, <laughs> It's probably like having five five years of head coaching experience in nine months, you know, um, just dealing with all the different things. But I wouldn't trade any of it. I learned a lot, still growing, still developing, um, was able to stay true to some of the principles that I believe in and see those things come to fruition. Um, we'll see. Are you, are you different in some way? I mean, maybe you always are, right? But, I mean, are you different in some way for the experience of – yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think you're always trying to grow, right? And experience is the best teacher. And so going through unique experiences helps either uh, strengthen the philosophies that you had or, or call, cause you to call them to question and figure out what's new and what do I need to learn. And, and I think we're always trying to, you know, learn. And I think I, I took a pretty good self-inventory from last year on what what were the things we did really good? What are the things that I've got to fix? And, you know, what are more me-based things that I can do to help us win football games? What'd you come up with? <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> we got a new staff. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, no, no. Hey, and I, also, I wonder if you can speak to this a little bit. I realize it's kind of delicate and maybe even complicated, but we got the opportunity now for everybody to have their vaccinations. Yeah, I assume you'd prefer your team to all have their vaccinations if you could, but I also assume you can't be heavy-handed. I, I, is there? Can you speak to how you're trying to deal with that? I just follow the science, you know. <laughs> no, I, there's really no right or wrong way to handle it. Um, 
you know, we, we encourage vaccination, um, but we also understand everybody has choices and decisions to make, and that's really a personal choice and a private choice. And whatever they choose, we'll support. Um, you know, one mask, two masks, vaccines, I, I don't know. If, do you try to appeal to a team to think about the team in that, too, or you try to stay away from that? Um because maybe it gets too much into the personal. I think you try to show them what, what the benefits of, of, of the vaccine are, but you also uh, respect people's individual decisions. Yeah. If you thought about, go ahead. I was just going to ask you the name, image, and likeness. You've oh, yeah. spoken to it uh, a few times, but um, it's full go. Um, it's, it's, it's happening in Missouri, and... It, unless something drastic changes in the last next month or so, it's only going to be in five states for for, for, the, for the time being. Maybe six or seven. I don't know where Arizona, New Mexico. Yeah, I think are. it's it's five. Tennessee doesn't go online. I think it's right. five now. Four of them in the SEC. Right. Right. And you guys are going to be online in August. August twenty eighth. Right. Yeah. Thought about that? <laughs> like, yeah. Like Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about it. We, we've thought about it quite a bit. We had a phone call today with with the upper levels of administration trying to chart out a path and I think it's an opportunity for the University of Missouri and the state of Missouri to be on the forefront and, and push the envelope to see what we can possibly do to help our players uh, you know take advantage of this opportunity in time don't know what that's going to look like nobody really knows what that's going to look like and so I think we get to chart a new course but isn't that where the fun stuff happens that's where the magic happens when you're out in front and uh, you know until there's uh, national legislation there's going to be um, a lot of opportunity for us to take advantage of it in a positive way. And that's what I'm going to encourage our players and, and push, uh, you know, for us to do is, is let's let's try to take advantage of it. Fred, you never know. We might land a person on the moon or something, you know? Right. Is it easier, do you think, for somebody young like you than some coach setting their ways that's older going, I can't handle this. Everybody's going to handle this. You seem to do this. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you got one or two choices. You right. can either you know, act like it's not going to happen or you can embrace it. And it's kind of like COVID last year. Like you can, you can't control the, the uncontrollable. So you just got to kind of lean into it and see how it plays out. Did you, have you given thought to sitting across the table from some marketing rep someday going, my guy needs more, more on social. He needs to play more or something like that. That may be a gym thing, but. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to be careful that we're, like I told our guys today, we want to give them the tools in the toolbox uh, to be successful with using their name, image, and likeness. We don't want to be responsible for building the house. All right. And so we want to be able to train these guys, hey, this is what you're going to be able to do. This is how you can do it. But they're going to have to be responsible for themselves uh, because, I, you know, I got 85 players. And I got to be careful on how we uh, uh, utilize each one. Is. Um this season, for the first time in a while, you're not going to be able to play through JT. And I'm just wondering how different that's going to be for you guys. And what's the idea there? Are you still working on it? Well, you know, the thing about Jeremiah has a special place in my heart. One, because of where he comes from. And then his growth from a young man into a man. Uh, just a tremendous relationship. Uh, and just to see where he is right now, uh, how his life changed and the maturity. And he, he's on pace to graduate in December. Probably not in August, just because of training and all that. But definitely December. 
and I think for us, it's really opened the game up. We changed our pace this year, which I really enjoyed. So now you improve your personnel from the standpoint of guys that can make plays off the dribble, better athleticism, more individual scores. So I really like what we are as a program. And that was something we wanted to do with Jeremiah on the floor. Open that thing up, he gets rebounds, set balls, he's dive to the rim. I think that kind of changed us a lot of part of the season. We missed those two games because he was big in that when he set balls, we get to the rim and make plays. But I think with Jeremiah, we'll be able to open that thing up. I've been asking a couple of people about this, and I wonder what approach you're trying to take to um, encouraging players to get vaccinated or not. How much you feel like you can say you should, or how much you feel like you got to walk a line. Just how you're, how you're doing that. I just think well, I've been vaccinated, so I can speak on, about me. And I think I would encourage our guys to get vaccinated because I think it's the right thing to do from a health standpoint. Uh, but I'm also respectful of each individual space, even though they prospect the student, student athletes, I still want to respect their space. I understand that. So those are things we'll talk to their parents about. I, I had one of our guys, an incoming freshman, his parents called me about making sure he get the test. So, so I think parents understand that. Uh, now, I would imagine how many years ago, same thing, getting the first flu shot. I mean, you have to do it. I, I think it's, it, it helps me. I, I was a, I was a uh, cancer diagnosis back in 97, so I'm taking that test. And I took I took my shots, and I'm good to go now. So I would encourage it. But, but it wouldn't stop me from playing a guy if he didn't take the test. Yeah. Is it something you have to put a lot of thought into, or, or it's kind of like, no, we just encourage it? I think we've had each one of our guys, uh, like all our returning guys, they, they, they took the test. They took well, got both of their shots in. So if we had a prospect that came on campus, I don't want to do it. What you try to do is you, you get them counseled. Not necessarily for me as a coach, because this is, I'm not a doctor. So you get the trainers and, and, and the medical team to say, here's the reason why you probably want to do it. Then get his family involved. And if he's adamant about not taking it, you don't have to take it. I mean, it's not, it's not like I'll control his men as well and not take the test because that's an individual decision. There, there's a benefit to the team, but if he had 85% or something like that, where you guys would have to do lesser protocols? I think so, as of right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it will, will be determined how, how it goes with football. And then obviously, yeah, 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 out to yeah. basketball. So I think that's what it is right now. How much do you have to talk to your guys about name, image, and likeness and how that's going to impact? Well, we will talk to them about it because it, it'll pass all our guys off campus now. So when they get back June 7th, we, we will talk to them about it. Our administration will sit down and talk to them, help them understand. And, and more than anything, I think our administration has done a good job and will continue to do a good job to really help them market their brand. I think that is the biggest thing. Because now you can profit off your brand. But I think the, the biggest thing and a plus for me with name image and likes if guys can create revenue, great. But also it helps that their social platform has to be sharp at all times. But sometimes you're tricky on your social platform depending on what night or hour it is. You, yeah. And then you post certain things. Well, if you market a brand, that's not the, the image you want to portray. So I think it's very helpful for me as a coach in doing that because because you, the things that you've been telling them for so long, now money's involved. Hopefully they'll understand. I need to do what Coach said. So I, I think it'll be very helpful. But I, I, I you know... But the unknown is, I, I don't know how to look, you know, 12 months from now, two months, two years from now, I don't know how to look because I like to think more than anything that uh, if all student athletes can profit in some way, male and female, I, I, you don't want it to be a case where the, the, the star football player, star basketball player generate these level of revenues and, and then your, your tennis sports or some of your women's sports not generating revenues. So I, and and that, I think that's, that's the issue that we have to get better at in college sports. And hopefully we can do better with that. Are, are, are basketball 
Eskimo coach is more used to the transfer environment, even with one-time transfer. Everybody's got for the first time. You know the numbers. Forty percent transfer for this more than football coaches, yes. I guess. They're kind of freaking out about this. Well, I think for us, for me, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, because what happened? One, because I'm on the men's oversight committee, so I've, I heard at least a year or so, so you know what's coming. So we were prepared from the standpoint of the staff that it wasn't something that you heard through the grapevine. It's coming. So how do you prepare for it? So when it hit, you look for the guys that you need. And, and with all due respect, it wasn't like the current guys we ran off the team. We didn't run them out. It wasn't that case. Those guys feel like they want to do something that was better for them. And so it was very helpful for us to get guys who feel like we really improve our team. And so it's worked out great for us. So so today, I really enjoy the transfer report. Today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I remember Ronnie DeGray's dad. Yes. Uh, he was a heck of a player. He, he was. Colorado, played with Chauncey. Yes, he, he did. Colorado. He did. How do you see him? Uh, oh, great addition. Great addition. So you're talking about a guy 6'7", 220 pounds, and slash, put the ball on the floor, shot 37, 38% from the three-point line, almost nine points a game, almost six rebounds a game as a true freshman. So very, very excited to have Ryan DeGray because he got he's a workhorse, he competes, high character guy off the floor. So he brings a lot of things to our program. No doubt. Do you know what the July calendar looks like? Right now, the, now the count it, it goes to the board tomorrow. So they're oh, okay, going yeah. tomorrow fishing. Now kind of off the record if it goes, you can hear me saying it, but uh we'll have three weekends in July. So eight, three, eleven, I think whatever the next weekend is. 17, whatever. So those three weekends in July, you'll have those. The last three weekends in July. And weekends are like uh, 8 through 11, so like four and a half days, somewhere around there. Go ahead, Ash. Just everything you're saying just makes me think about how much things have changed in the last year and a half, two years of your life. Uh, (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I think it's uh, you have to stay ahead of the times. What I've always found when somebody says, you know, when I was growing up, they said a guy was old school. What did that mean? Did it mean like when I was playing, they said the guy's old school. What did that really mean? You have to stay ahead of the times. You know, so I think for me, the transfer portal is great. Name, image, and like, I think it's great because I was a former athlete. I just don't know how it'll look. And and I'm not sure the NCAA, anybody really know how it'll look right now. Not to say they like intelligence, but you just don't know until everything passes, but but I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Now, what we have to all look out for, and, I, and whether coaches will say this part or not, I think what's concerning probably for coaches, how would they look in your locker room? Like, for example, you have a Michael Porter Jr. who's probably got it to demand $100,000 from Mercedes-Benz company, whatever it is. Well, if he's in a locker room, some other guys want that too. And that guy can't command it, then now you... I have friction with the locker room. It's not as if, as a coach, I said Mercedes get Mike this. Because as coaches, we have no say in that. You know, they, they market their own brand, so to speak. So I think that part will be very delicate, and that's something you have to work out. And you have to coach your team to understand. I didn't make Michael Ford. He made Michael Ford. You know, it's just, and, and, that, and that's a real issue. Uh, so how do you do that? And how do you maintain a strong locker room and a strong culture? Yeah. Yeah. What's the state of the NIL bill in Missouri, you know? Um, so it's passed the House and the Senate. It's sitting on the governor's desk. That's right. So um, he has until June 30th to sign it, I think, something like that. Is it a July 1st implementation? It's an August 28th. Okay. But 
but it, it shouldn't impact, you know, whoops, sorry, it shouldn't impact things very much. Um, it, it's, I, I, I told people it's, it's kind of like the pandemic, you know, you, you know, something's happening, and, but you don't know how, where it's going to end. And so you got to make best decisions as you move forward. And so we teamed up with Open Doors, we targeted a trademark um, program, and 250 of our student athletes have signed up in there. And, and so they're getting analyzed as far as what the value of their social media content is and those kinds of things. Um, but also help building their brand, you know, and whether whether they they monetize it as a student athlete, it'll help them as they're hired after they graduate. So we felt we felt good about investing in that and and creating a program for that as we move forward and, and take advantage. How, how different is your job these days with that and, and everything else? I mean, it's not just NIL, you know, transfer legislation. You know, I, I should have took with me. You know, I, I found in, in my uh, my planner, I, I found graphs of spikes of, of, of when, you know, when they thought that the, the virus was going to decrease and, you know, and over the next, over the last year. And, and I go, you know, I think, when did athletics directors start to look at pandemic graphs and and understand what's going on and understand protocols for for all of those things and it's uh, I'll tell you what it, I've talked to colleagues there we had a a, a, a meetings in, in Phoenix and and the fifty year olds are going I you know well the forty or forty five year olds are going. I don't know if I'm going past 50. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of worn everyone out, you know, like that. And um, luckily, I have three daughters and, and a wife that's active, and and I got a granddaughter now, so I, I feel like okay, I, I've got energy and and you know to continue. But it it is, you know, it, it's been an interesting, you know, it's unlike any other time that you've had in your career. You bring up a good point for somebody that's been in there job so long do you think this will impact guys like you said i've noticed the people retire i've noticed people retiring you know maybe more than you know more than uh normal i don't know we'll see after the you know end of the summer where it happened but i know people are thinking about it because of that i'm one of those go ahead no just just to stay on the nil topic just for a second you know, five of the six or seven states that are prepared to do it for this school year are in the SEC footprint. So I'm just wondering how how much behind the scenes work was going on with the university and the legislature to look, or at least some communication. We've got to get this up and going. Well, um, you know, it was it was one. No one really. We really started looking at it in January, and we were getting Im- information from the SEC and from our attorneys. Um, also legislative folks of where they think Congress was. And so you really have entities, you know, of the states, you've got Congress, you've got the NCA, and then you got the Supreme Court ruling on the Alston case that it's not directly impacted, but, but it's going to have an impact on that. And so I think that's why the NCA backed out of making a decision. And, and now they're talking about going back. And then the council said yesterday or whatever, they weren't going to, and I don't know where it's going to go. So, um, so the SEC, I think, um, has has been proactive that way and been been on where do we need to be. And as we looked at it from Missouri, it was better to have a law that was consistent with our, our peers um, than not having a law. That's kind of where 
where we fell because the NCA had removed themselves, so there wasn't going to be direction from the NCA. Speaking of that, the NCA removing itself, what 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 is the NCA right now? <laughs> if, if That's better fact, to you, right? Well, did you see Mark, Mark yeah, Rubio's yeah, comments today? Right. I didn't see that. No, no, I didn't see. He that. he basically said he doesn't expect the congressional help. You know, by the time they break on July 30th, he kind of at that point. That's kind of everyone right. said, yeah, it's not. But he said at that point, what is the NCA really doing? Which a lot of people were thinking in their head, you know, what do they really do? Yeah. Yep. I understand. Okay. <laughs> Jim, under, yep. the, uh, under the, the COVID aspect of your job. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We've just been thinking about this a little bit lately. Like, okay, we're now getting to the point where the vaccinations are commonly available. Many who've wanted them have taken them. What, where do you fit into philosophically what your athletes do? I mean, do you. Are well, you able to there's gonna nudge, encourage, suggest, yeah, encourage what, I think what do you do? There'll be encouragement because more from the standpoint of if if a team has eighty-five percent correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but eighty-five percent uh, vaccinations, then they don't have to to uh, social or they don't have the contact tracing after after that. So is that is that an SEC? SEC. SEC, oh, wow. SEC the, the task force is, is 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 talking about that and and so they're they're trying to put some protocol and they said obviously this could adjust and change and all that but but if it gives kind of incentive to get vaccinated um, for the for the fall and and so I, I think that's that's what we can do we can educate but at in the at the end of the day it's up to them and their families there, there won't be you can't I guess and you, and you wouldn't say if you're not vaccinated you can't be on the team I mean that's you're not no. you can't be that yeah. draconian yeah um, no and and until the way I understand it is the state law would have to change and say you know vaccinations like to require to go to school you have to you have to have a vaccination. The state, I think, the state would have to take a stance on that before we would be able to do that. So really, I mean, you're, I wouldn't say your hands are tied, but I mean, it, there's superseding elements that. Oh yeah, you're as this with. has been through the whole thing, we've yeah. had to, we've had yeah. to defer through, you know, the CDC, local health officials, the university, and then the SEC. So we had all those things going. On. I and maybe I hope this isn't more than you can say, but I mean, I assume you prefer people get it. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I did. I, I felt like, and, and for me, I felt relieved. I'm fine, you. I felt re- I felt relieved, you know, just that, okay, that's a burden I don't have to worry about right now. Although, I, I think there's there's merit in, in masking when, you know, the cold season. I always, you know, because in my job, I'm shaking hands and doing all that. The cold season, you know, I don't know. I may mask up. You know, it, it, it might happen. You know, because just like quarters inside, just think about it. Yeah. I know some people in this group haven't had a cold in 18 months. 18 months. I told my wife. Right. No, and usually I would, have, I would have done that. Yeah. You know, because I just see people and I shake hands and, you know, I may, you know, try to fist bump them. <laughs> is, that, is that 85% thing for the SEC? Is that out there? Or I haven't heard You know, that. that's a great question. Nick, is the eighty-five percent out there as far as yeah. it is? I say, yeah, it's part of the. Yes, she updates their medical policies about every week. It seems, and it's just for contact tracing. It's not for mask. No, yeah, there is a, there is a mask element of that too. Okay. 
We come to you for the important stuff. Yeah. 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 The scientific That's stuff. Right. Cause, cause <laughs> I, that falls under your job description. Yeah, sure. I had six. That's going to do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the University of Missouri and this event can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus more that appear only on the website. And, of course, they all appear first on KansasCity.com. So after three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And what a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with Chiefs, Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get this? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe and if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers send me an email i'm at bkirkoff at kcstar.com i'll get you to the right place so whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc really appreciate you listening we'll be back on thursday with another episode.